0: this
1: interview was previously recorded live on cbw radio listen to jeff stretch weekday morning 6 a.m to noon eastern on cbw radio radio Resurrect. This is CBW Radio. I'm Jeff Stritch. Very excited to have a guest as we continue to expand what we do here on CBW Radio. But I have with me Mr. Fred Taylor, the writer, playwright, actor of a play that will be at the Lorraine Palace Theater. It's called Memorial, and... We talked about this just a little bit. I was very excited when Shaggy said, You're going to do this interview. I didn't know much about the play, and right. Jeslin sent over the information, and I read it, and it said, Four Tales. It's very, you got this, and it's going to be a comedy. And then I went deeper into what it's about, <laughs> and it's going to be very intense. Tell us about
0: Memorial. Yeah, Memorial is like a twilight zone of the 60s it's four separate tales uh told by homeless travelers that are walking ghosts and i kind of took the spiritual concept that they said that when we pass away our whole life flashes before us within a twinkle of an eye so it's sort of like you're catching these four homeless travelers when they pass on to the afterlife what gave me the ideas when me and my father used to meet at a uh, uh, at a restaurant, uh, Hooters, you know, cause of the the food was so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and we would, and we would meet up, and I and I would, uh, I got a lot of homeless traveler buddies, buddies. 'Cause when I go to the flats, you know, I would give out so much money. They knew me by name. And this one gentleman uh, said, "Fred, you got you got some money, man." I said, "Man, I ain't got it today." And then he pulls out his military ID. And then I thought to myself, and I knew it was legitimate because I used to be in the Navy, you know, Naval Reserves. And I said, man, if I was to wake up the homeless travelers, the bag ladies, what would be their story? What did you do, you know, to, you know, to, you know, and to be so in a position in life to go as far as you can go? And then uh, some told me, well, I had a little spiritualism to it, too that not only do these homeless people tell their stories, but they're actually walking ghosts, still trying to hold on to this physical realm. So the first tale I actually play, I play uh, a soldier, you know, uh, who's, uh, I won't go too deep so they can come see the movie, uh, <laughs> to play. but I play the soldier that deals with Agent Orange, Vietnam, you know, his mom and dad, you know, um, uh, the dad was African-American, the mom was a white American, so he saw his dad actually get um, killed by the Klansman. So it's kind of, is but it's, it's actual history, but I kind of do it in a Twilight Zone kind of way. The second tale deals with a bag lady. Matter of fact, this young lady, I've been wanting to work with her since she was in high school. Um, met her like 10 years ago. That's Brianna Marie Bell out of the Stowe area. You know, fantastic actress, even when she was in the 12th grade. I told her mother, this girl reminds me of the young Diane Carroll. I mean, very classy. And that was as an 18 year old. So um, I told her mom, I said, she's going to go Broadway. And sure enough, she got out of Stowe High School, uh, went to New York. And uh, and the only reason that we have her is because of Corona. <laughs> Otherwise, she'd be off Broadway doing a Little Shop of Horrors. You know, awesome actress. So in her part, she plays the bag lady, Rose. And it's interesting because when I researched this play, man, I wish I would have been in the library like I am as a playwright. <laughs> I mean, I'm always <laughs> researching something now that I got out of high school. But um, in the Huff riots, it was four people that died, and it was a lot that got injured. But when I researched, they said there was one of the victims was somebody that was at a window, a mom at the window. And I just guessed. I said, "Well, maybe she's at the window because she's waiting on her little girl to come back." And I said, "Well, I'll just make I'll just make my character the little girl." Then somebody sent me an email. This is when we did at the Cleveland Playhouse, the one I told you the <laughs> Cleveland Clinic turned into a parking lot. Cleveland <laughs> Clinic, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah. So yeah, somebody emailed me later and said, "Fred, that's exactly what happened." So sometimes I write stuff thinking this in my imagination and then i get an email from somebody tell me it actually happened for real yeah that's kind of uh, yeah, kind of spooky <laughs> but it goes all the way to in the third tale i had to make it more comical and uh, that's when we deal with this pimp by the name of salty dog street hustler you know and everything he says rhymes so his part is is very entertaining and hawthorne james is actually playing salty dog which is funny because I used to be married. And uh, when I was in Florida, my ex-wife looked out the window and there was a hot dog place in Florida <laughs> called Salty Dog. And she was, Salty Dog, <laughs> Salty Dog, you know. And I said, man, I'm going to use that one day. And then a year or two later, I said, my pimp going to be Salty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, he, he's played by, you mentioned Hawthorne yeah, James. Yeah, Hawthorne James. I, uh, I actually went to a play. Uh, Juanita Hawkins invited me to a play, and uh, I went to see it uh, somewhere in Garfield. They, they have a real nice theater there. And I saw him performing, and uh, I said, man, that's the guy that was in the uh, – I mean, he's did a lot of things. Uh, Seven with Morgan Freeman, uh, The Color Purple. Um, uh, man, he even did I'm Gonna Get You Suck <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> with the William Brothers when they first got off the ground. But he's mainly known uh, for um, that Robert Townsend, uh, where he plays uh, Big Red. I think it was the Five Heartbeats. And he's the guy okay. that my office hours, I, he hold the guy out the window, when are my office hours? You know, And he's known for Big Red. And I said, oh, man, I would love to have Big Red play Salty Dog. Because whenever we do the play, Salty Dog always stays in people's heads. So somebody on his level playing Saudi, dog, that's going to be something to see. When I did the research, uh, Hawthorne James is one of those actors,
1: a character actor where Mm -hmm. he's been in so many films, and I was reading over what he's been in. Uh, Speed was one of the films. In Seven, I immediately looked up to his character and I said, there he is, the bus (laughs) driver, he gets shot. I don't think he dies, but he is.
0: Uh, But he did get shot. And then in Seven, he was... He was like a security guard because uh, I know it was a bunch of security guards, but I remember him and Morgan Freeman having a intimate conversation about something. It was so long ago I forgot, but yeah.
1: Yeah, Morgan Freeman was doing research mm. on what was going on with eventually was Kevin Spacey's character, and he was there late.
0: Mm. Hawthorne
1: James was the security guard who uh. came by and said, "Closing up," but <laughs> he uh, Hawthorne James and some other security guards were like playing cards they were right, letting morgan right, freeman right. uh do the research
0: right, right. now are you from the cleveland area yes i'm actually from the cleveland area and um and i actually went to kent state university and that's what cause when i first did the play it was just the first three tales when we did it at the playhouse uh the brooks theater Um, but then, um, I said, man, I started remembering when I was at Kent State, they talking about the four people that died in Ohio. And I said, I said, oh, let me, that's going to be my fourth tale. So then I added it, which was good because we got a real good write-up from the Colin Post. I think I first did this in 98 and 99 at the small theater, Cleveland Playhouse. And the Colin Post, Irana Lynch gave us a real good write-up. You know, so the fourth tale, to me, which, of course, 1970, May 4th, is... uh, And I do it a little different, because that story's been retold, but I made it look like a love story. Yeah, you know, this he sees this beautiful girl, but yet I don't even know your name. And then he finds out later on that it was the girl Sandra, and it was his bullet that killed her. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because they... They never came clean on who gave the authority. I mean, that was 1970. They still won't tell you. Uh, was it the president? Uh, was it the general? Was it the foot soldier? Nobody knows. It's just, you know, too bad we didn't have our cameras out. That we <laughs> yeah. were going to, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So these, these four
1: tales, as you talked about, the 1960s Vietnam War, right. the Huff riots. Of 60, what was that, 66. Six. In the Huff riots of 66 the Gangster Blues, and the Kent State shootings. Right. So basically you have these, That's those are the backdrops, exactly. these big historical events. Exactly. And you have the viewpoint from the, this is a fantastic <laughs> idea. Now, Thank you. how did the, you, over time this came up with the, or was it just one immediate over you, a couple of weeks? You know,
0: actually it's a series of, because uh, it's very poetic too. You know, so at first it started off as just a bunch of poems. I um uh, I met this gentleman named Henry that was actually in the Vietnam War. But I don't know if I want to go in too deep of what he said. I have black limousines pulling up. <laughs> 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 but uh uh but in the come come see the play, I'll discuss it there. But uh it started off as a bunch of poems. It's very jazzy, you know, um it's fast moving, um but it is kind of bone chilling, and it's it does have that twilight zone feel to it. You know, I'm um, you know, I, it was interesting because a lot of the the writers, as I, when I was a kid, I used to love the Gene Roddenberry of Star Trek. Matter of fact, the fourth tale kind of reminds you of Captain Pike, where he looks, all of a sudden, the universe goes wherever his imagination takes him. So I was, as a kid, I had to really uh, thank Gene Roddenberry, even though he's in the heavens. <laughs> and then um, Rod Serling of The Twilight Zone, you know, so it's told in a very bone-chilling kind of way because it deals with the afterlife a little bit. I was one of those kids, uh, like, remember the movie Seven Sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was like that kid. I used to tell my mother, I'll never forget when my grandfather passed away, because it deals with the afterlife, too. And I wanted to let people know too that uh I believe that there is another place, there is a heaven. And the reason I believe it that not only I read it in scripture, but I remember being uh four years old, I really don't want to go this deep, but we will. <laughs> when I was four years old, my grandfather, my mother's father died. And uh he actually came to me in my dreams. And uh and it was just like the biblical, it was the green pastures, it was the still waters and my family called me Tony from Fred Anthony Tony he said Tony I said hey grandpa he said I just want to let you know that I passed on and I didn't have no fear because I'm looking at the green pastures the still waters like the book of Genesis and just told me that I'm off to heaven so then my mother comes in the room, uh, crying weeping and Tony I gotta tell you something I'm oh I know grandpa died you know what (laughs) you know (laughs) I used to always freak her out back then but um but even to this day, when somebody um, passes away, even when my mom passed away, because she actually helped me write a play called Lynch, which we're going to do. I got a series of plays that we're going to do at the Lorraine Palace. One is called Lynch, but that, that goes back in the days of Malcolm X, Betty Shabazz. and uh, Man, I got some dynamic dancers, the Leonard Chisholm, who sings his butt off. sound like David Ruffin when he sings, and this is the end of June. And his family are singers and dancers, Sean, his wife, and they're also in this place. So I am blessed to have a collaboration of modern dancers, singers, and actors. But anyway, uh, man, I'm like my dad. I'm rambling off and forgot the original <laughs> question. <laughs> but, uh, but it deals with the afterlife. And that's what I was going to say. That Even when my mother passed away, two days later, she embraced me with a hug, and I just saw these flow of colors just embrace me. And even when I was um, married uh, to my ex-wife, Sabrina, which we're still good friends, ex-wife and we're still good friends. (laughs) But she was my first uh, choreographer and dancer. And when her dad passed away, right around the time uh, we did this play, um, he even came back to me. And my mom used to always tell me that when we move on to the other realms, we go back to 30. And I believe her because When uh, my father-in-law kept coming back in my dreams, he was so young, I didn't even know who he is. And even my mom, you know, so I really believe. And that's another thing. I want to let people know, you know, I know there's atheists and people, oh, scientific, no, spirituality, believe me. You know, this world didn't get here by itself, but that's another subject.
1: (laughs) You've been doing the play since 19, 19? 19? 1998,
0: 1999. Yeah, I was 14 ladies that's out there listening to my age. <laughs> <laughs> and where are some of the locations? Okay, I've, I've actually done it at the Cleveland Playhouse, was the, the Brooks Theater. It was this nice, intimate theater. Cleveland Clinic, man, I tell you. <laughs> we also did it at the um, the small fair at the Playhouse Square, uh, the Kennedys. I mean, we had to barely squeezing in at Cabaret Place. But I love Playhouse Square because they put you on the marquee. Uh, look at me, I arrived. <laughs> and then we did it at, um, we did it at Kent State. We did it for the Black Studies Department. Um, and we did it for the, at the Kiva. Matter of fact, the um, the uh, May 4th, uh, oh, man, what is that? The organization that's at Kent now, May 4th Task Force, they had me do it as a fundraiser. This was years ago, probably about 15, 12, and we did it at the Kiva. And it was interesting, because they told me, Fred, um, can you come to the Kiva and, and, and act out something? So, you know, I dressed up like a soldier, and I go, oh, I'm also one of the robot guys that used to do Boo in the Zoo, uh, what's that, rocking robots. So I put on this face, and I'm there with the, and and it was good until they told me, come in the Kiva and do it. Next thing I know, you know, I'm going around hitting these robot moves and all of a sudden here comes security <laughs> running down the stairs. You, you, take off that man. Take <laughs> off that man. I'm like, I am not taking off this man. I said, you can follow me down to to the Kiva, but you're not, you know, because they thought I was somebody crazy. And they kept saying, sir, sir, we told him to do that. Yeah, I almost got shot up promoting the play. But, yeah, Kent State University. And I, and I. And I still have a soft spot for Kent, not only because of this play, but uh, uh, Dr. Francis Dorsey, uh, who was over the Pan-African Studies Department, because at first when I was an actor, you know, as a kid, my mom thought I was going to be rich little because I could imitate anything. But then when you get older, you know, as a teen, you know, oh, you can't do that. You know, you got all these people telling you you're not that good. So then I fell out of um, confidence until I got to Kent State and Dr. Dorsey. It's like every play that he picked, it's like it was just written for me. And from there on, it just helped me, you know, go to another level in acting. Man, I was in the acting big Journal more as a twenty-year-old than now. <laughs> and he and I asked him. I said, Dr. Dorsey, what can I do to make it in this field? And he said, Fred, you do a good job acting, but in today's times. You got to start producing, directing, and writing. So he, Dr. Dorsey, is the one that put the, planted that seed in my head, and I've been doing it uh, over 20-some years, yeah.
1: Are you going to stick around? Because we're going to talk more. That's the oh, yeah. that's the break music. We're going to do the robot. You're going to show me a little bit more uh, right. of the, the robot moves. Uh, okay. <laughs> we are sitting with, and by we, I mean, mean Fred Taylor. He's talking about his play Memorial, which takes place May 29th and May 30th at the Lorraine Palace. Fred's going to talk more about how he got into acting. So stick around. I'm Jeff Stritch. This is CBW Radio slash CBW Production Company. CBW Company.com, mm-hmm. your go-to place for everything CBW. Links to our CBW station on Live365,
0: Podcast, merch store, and our contact info. CBWproductioncompany.com.
1: We are back. We are live on, well, a number of social media platforms. CBW Production Company Facebook page. Simulcast through... Your oh. Facebook page well, worldwide. We, of course, are on CBW Radio right now. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeff Stritch with Fred Taylor, director, playwright, the man who wrote and acts in Memorial, yeah. a bone chiller. It opens May 29th and May 30th at the Lorraine Palace I know you, you wanted me to star in it, but we just don't have enough time. <laughs> Next for... <laughs> time. Next...
0: My wizard play, you, you can play the king. <laughs> really? Is that a big part? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sings, too. He
1: to... <laughs> oh, would you like me to sing now to, to audition for yeah, it?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now,
1: how did you land Hawthorne James? Did you mention this earlier that you...
0: <clears throat> well, you know, actually, I, yeah, I seen him in a play like three or four years ago. Juanita Hawkins um, asked uh, me to come see her play. And, uh, and when I seen him, I said, oh, man, this is Big Red. And for those that saw Five Heartbeats, I mean, that was <laughs> that was a heck of a performance. And, and it looked like he even got better. You know, so I talked to Juanita that I would like to meet him. Um, and then she, she actually arranged it where I can talk to him. And I sent him a copy of the script. And he loved it. And I think that's a lot coming from somebody that's been in seven speed and, you know, I'm going to get you sucking and all of those, you know. So, yeah, so he agreed and, uh, yeah, and that's how we got him. When the play ends, it it is
1: um, May 29th at 8 p.m. and May 30th at 4 p.m. Where do you go from there?
0: Yeah, I have a... Uh, um I have a series of plays i i normally call it my fam fest matinee series the only reason friday night is the evening because uh graduations is happening in the rain <laughs> <laughs> you know so but the other two shows is uh lynch you know the trial of willie lynch and that deals with betty shabazz uh, malcolm x uh yeah it's it's yeah, some that's bone chilling too <laughs> But it's America history. I didn't do it. You know, I'm just writing what I saw. But in that play, my mother actually came to me. Uh, this is before she passed, and she was saying, "You know, we need to write a play that deals with um, um, the trial of Lynch." And she said that, uh, and it's not to you know the black versus the white thing. You know, because my mother always believed that the spirit of God dwells within all men and none of us are walking and talking unless the spirit of god is dwelling within our spirit but she thought this was for the black youth you know you know sagging in their pants and out shooting each other and even uh dr dorsey who was my theater director told me that he went to see uh i'm not sure if it was detroit or chicago and saw all these you know all these things that the african-american have done he, yeah yeah and then he gets at the end of the the museum, and, and there's, there's statistics that the black people have shot up each other more than the Ku Klux Klan and the Nil-Nazi put together. Then he ended up crying walking out the door. So lynch is to let people know that, hey, people made sacrifices for you guys. Quit shooting each other up. So that's a little bit what that's about. But I added, because my mother <clears throat> had this segment that we did for the National Council of Negro Women and NLACP, um called a man in chains and i actually played the guy you know so we see the beautiful ladies in africa and you know and here comes this this dark spirit you know you uh, know so some of that robotic stuff <laughs> in that too <laughs> but i won't give too much of that way so the first portion we called the um you know she wrote the first i think 10 or 15 minutes of it and we've been doing that portion since i was as a matter of fact we even did that at the Rock Hall of fame because i remember that's back when Gerald Levert was alive, and one of the workers told me that, man, Fred, of all the singers performing, everybody remembers your mother's man in chains. So, yeah, it's powerful, and that, and it's only like 10 minutes, but it, you see it, you'll, you'll never forget it. So the first 10 to 15 minutes is her portion, and before she passed, I thought it important. I said, Mama, I'm gonna videotape you. I know you like to get behind the podium, and the first she fought me on it. <laughs> And she said and i'm glad because now every time we do Lynch, it's a it is a tribute to my mother and not only is her birthday was june 8th but juneteenth national celebration is around the 19th so that's why i always do that play in june as a you know as a contribution to her you know so that'll be the end of june that last weekend which i'm sorry i don't have those dates in front of me but that's very powerful we got um and even though the Chisholm family is in this play, um, we got some real good voices. Martha Robinson. It's funny because it was when I was a, a teenager, I used to tell Martha, she used to go to my mother's church. By the way, my mother was pastor of Temple Universal Life. And Martha was singing this song called Be Grateful. And I thought to myself, I said, Martha, you know, and I think I was no more than 19, you know, 10 years ago, for you ladies is watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I told Martha, I said one day, Martha, I'm a writer-play, and this is even before I was a playwright. I'm a writer-play, and I'm a, I'm a, have you sing that song, and she does, years later after being 19, and she plays Emmett Till's mother, and I got this dynamic young choreographer Elijah Brody, although on Facebook is Elijah Martellas, you know, you know, he's Puerto Rican now. I don't know, <laughs> but anyway. He's dynamic because not only this guy is the only dan- choreographer that I know that started off playing rugby. This guy can do multiple flips. Matter of fact, he walks into flips. Come out June, you'll see him. He's actually choreographing Memorial. Actually, everything I do. Uh, he's in his earliest 20s, and uh, you know, so he can do modern. He can do acrobatics, and then he can, you know, give you that hip hop. You know, so his choreography is very different and then we were working with the uh the Chisholm family who um I did uh, the father uh he used to be called Chit Chat now he's uh, Leonard Chisholm <laughs> but this guy actually when he sings with Martha um uh, motherless child it's like David Ruffin from the Temptations is singing i mean it's powerful come out and check me out make sure i'm not lying <laughs> these these plays
1: that you're doing mm-hmm. these are serious events in history that yes. you're using as the backdrop. Now, we spoke before the interview and you are a very personable guy. We joked mm-hmm. how well you were dressed yeah. because we were going to be on the air. I'm dressed like just <laughs> we're going to be on radio. I'm dressed like yeah. a DJ and my black and orange. And then we we switched it up that we were going to be on Facebook Live. So I'm the one underdressed <laughs> and you're dressed perfectly. Yeah. But these are intense historical events and subjects. Have you ever done anything
0: light, any lighter fare, oh, any yeah. comedy? I'm glad you said that because the next play will be in October. And um, the end of October, and this play is an Ultimus Fenificus. I play Evil Wizard in that one. Yeah, that's – but it's more like a Walt Disney style. You know, that play, this young kid finds a pair of magical keys outside the King's Castle and he uses the power of the keys to defend the kingdom against evil wizards and sorcerers. So that one is like a Walt Disney feel to it. It's singing and dancing. I even wrote some songs for that one. But it's more Walt Disney style. I have a lot of them. <laughs> So, get, So it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a funnier than this. It's funny. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, the, the evil wizard can get intense. And so can some of the girls that I have played the witch. But it's it's funny, singing, dancing. It's like going to see a Walt Disney play. It's just that Fred Taylor wrote it. <laughs>
1: um, um, well, I know by what we've talked about, what right. the, the plays are about, that right. there's I will be serious going in and everybody's going to be serious going out. I imagine there's not <laughs> a whole lot of comedy, despite Jaslyn's email, that <laughs> thing, hey, it's going to be this, it's going to be real. And by the way, there'll be a lot of comedy, LOL. Oh, well. Then well, I read up a little bit more and I said... Yeah, I, I, I can't foresee.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Hawthorne James' uh, role as Big Red is going to have, um, I think, people laughing. Because that's why I put that, that scene in there to be comical. Now, what he's saying is very serious. But it's funny. Uh, uh, and his, and his, one of his main uh, ladies is Champagne. You know, she tell you, a little bubbly, bubbly, <laughs> who will be played by Roxanne. Uh, she's on Facebook Roxanne Roxanne but uh, Roxanne was actually a choreographer and dancer first because when I first wrote Lynch before Elijah uh, or Brody whatever his last name is before he took over Roxanne was actually uh, you know helping my mom out and um, and she was the choreographer but in this play she's uh, she went choreographer turned actress So uh, she's going to do a very fine job, too. Very talented cast. I'm really looking forward. I could mention a lot of names, but you guys come and see them. It's a big cast.
1: Keeping everybody in suspenders. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned you grew up in Cleveland. You didn't say specifically where.
0: Okay. I grew up actually uh, around 186th Street in Harvard. And then from there, I moved to Warrensville. (laughs) I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) Tigers. Yeah,
0: yeah, Tigers. And that's where I uh, ran track and cross country. And it's interesting because uh, one of the um, I think the thing that always that stuck in my mind with track is that life is is a circle. And even when I was in Navy boot camp, that's when I first found out what unity uh, meant uh, collaboration I want to say this because Cleveland need to collaborate more, you know, you know You got somebody that's a film director a writer an actor blah blah You know and to me we need to put our energies together and could the help take our dreams to unimagined heights but I want to say this real quick because when I was in the um, Navy I was 19 years old and it was funny because our our commanding officer looked like Wild Wild West. You know, matter of fact, when he walked by, we'd be <laughs> And when uh, boot camp was over with eight, nine weeks, he said, anybody got a question? Uh, any questions since I, you guys can go to do your trade and leave and, go, and some of you go active duty? And I said, sir, I had a question. He goes, what is it, Taylor? And I said, um, I was just wondering why when we march, we will always get to this bridge and we would go across the bridge, but he would tell us, you know, we couldn't do our obliques. And he, and he, it was a certain march he would call, you know, like walk regular. I forgot what it's called. That's been some years. So I'm 19. 10 years ago, ladies. 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so he said, Taylor, he said, if I will let a hundred unified men walk, march across that bridge with the same stride, the same, on the same foot unified you guys would tear that bridge down and when I thought back to even walking you know without marching I would hear screws and, and it would rattle a little bit and that was my first lesson well my mom taught me stuff but one of my first lessons other than somebody my parents that told me the power of unification you know that we had the power to tear that bridge down and I, I will never forget that
1: your production company, FAM, as in family, FAM Fest. Yes. It has, initially it was the Fred Taylor. We talked about this, yeah, just yeah. the Fred Taylor yeah, company.
0: It was, yeah, I was Taylor Made Productions. You know, I was Taylor Made. My suits was Taylor Made. No, no, they weren't. So, <laughs>
1: so are mine, by the way. <laughs> we don't shop at the same place. I know you're going to be shocked by that.
0: <laughs> and some guy, uh, actually it was, actually it was um, man, it was actually the state lottery I think that's when they were producing plays, and they told me that you know we you know when people hear Taylormade made productions and you're Fred Taylor people don't want to fund you but like you know unless it's your mom <laughs> you know, so they said you had to come up with a concept that's bigger than you so then first, I was going to have it futuristic arts f a and my name's still in there f a Taylor and then when i uh hung out with the uh, yeah, CW3 Robots. Actually, they came to me because I was supposed to be like Einstein. Oh, my robots! Oh, the end of the world! <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's yeah, your, yeah. you're pulling out your rich little doing Einstein. Oh, oh, yeah. But then I end up wearing a suit. And uh, and then that's when they turned into rocking robots. So, you know, so, I, mean, I was Gemini. Three, 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 three thousand. <laughs> I got two heads. And I had to put it on for you one day. But uh, but then we did the, the Boo in the Zoo, Taste of Cleveland, The Real Burn Off. And then when we did Kid Fest, I thought, I said, man, maybe I should fam fest, family shows, family, film, artists, musicians, you know, so, it, you know, plus family, you know, USA. So now that's bigger than Fred Taylor. You know, one thing I wanted to say, too, that this play used to be called uh, East 79th Street. This is before the Kent State shootings got in it. And uh, actually when I did the Playhouse the first time, the Brooks Theater, it was the East 79th Street. But the reason I changed it, I did, me and my ex-wife did a uh, camp for Councilwoman Fanny Lewis. You know, so, uh, and I had this guy named Willie Mitchell. I have to say this because Willie Mitchell was the one that told me when I worked for the County Board of Mental Retardation That's when I was at Brooklyn before I moved to Beachwood. Now I'm laid off. Thanks, County. <laughs> no, but um, but uh, Willie Mitchell was the one said, "Why don't you do something on huff Wright?" Because before that, it was just Vietnam poems, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's the one that introduced that to me. So then I did a camp for um, Fannie Lewis. That's when she was still alive, the councilwoman. If anybody know Fannie Lewis, man, she was like Sojourner Troop Harry Tubman tough lady you know she the ladies that you say, say something wrong she'd be in the parking lot waiting for you <laughs> but she called me up one day and i'm glad she did because she was good friends with my mom and dad my father um i'm back matter of fact i'm gonna get into that because my father because we're gonna one of the veteran organizations we're going to donate 500 dollars to uh and i did want to say that kenny santiago meero i think i got it out got it right was the one that introduced me to Lorraine because me and my high school buddy, Doug Kendall, who does films, you know, we um, met Kenny Santiago Miero, met his mom, dad, beautiful family. And Kenny, uh, even though he's done a lot of films, too. um, But I did want to give a shout out to him because he's the one that introduced me to Chris at the palace and the friends and the family. Matter of fact, I even put on the robot suit for him and his mom uh, two summers ago. But, um, yeah, so, man, I'm just like my dad. I start one thing, and I'm off to another subject. Oh, that's what I was going to say, is that I want to also help support the Lorraine. You know, whenever I do something, we're going to give back to that Lorraine community. And one of the organizations, I've been meeting with Kenny, um, as far as we're going to, one of the organizations we're going to donate $500 to. Because every time I deal with Lorraine, I want to give back to the community. That's one, one thing I learned about my mom. And You know, you keep giving, you will receive. I really believe in those spiritual principles, and you guys should, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How long will you continue to write, do very, the
0: plays? Very good question. I would say all my life, all my life. I really believe that because a lot of my plays, I just don't write a, a physical play like my, actually, my goal in life is actually to be uh, a Soul Brother version of Roger and Hammerstein, <laughs> where they write plays on Broadway and then they make films out of it. And 100 years later, their work is still showing, even though they're not gone. That's how big, because even Langston Hughes had that dream that he wanted to, you know, although his writings were more poem and essays, to outlive him. And that's how I see it, is that 100 years later, we're still doing Memorial, uh, Seventh Example, and all the list of plays that I have. Well, you added the Kent State
1: shootings to this. There's, and we're not going to, of course, get into politics. Right, right. But (laughs) is there anything that you, in your mind, that's happened recently over the last 20 years
0: that you would want to add? hmm you know you mean to this particular play yes well actually i have a a, a, an actually i'm working on some other stuff that deals with more what's going on now but uh we're gonna need a full day to talk about that (laughs) and that's bone chilling too but it actually deals with what we're dealing with for real you know um but I won't get into that right now. Like I said, that's that's one of those conversations with the black limousines we put in. Can we have a talk to you? Huh? <laughs> yeah. So
1: should I bring... Am I going to be scared out of my pants? It's <laughs> bone-chilling. And I know it's. you talk about spirituality and the yeah, afterlife exactly. and the ghosts.
0: I, I think... Uh, we do have... Um... Uh, kids in the play. When I say kids, I would say I would say like 12 and up. I think Alexander Chisholm, awesome dancer, uh, part of the Chisholm family, um, awesome. One thing I like about the Chisholm family: their kids are dancers, singers, and actors. I mean, very powerful. But uh, I I would think um, 13 and up, you know, um, would be okay. And when I say bone chilling, I mean it is, but it's um no you're right it's bone chilling (laughs) yeah anybody that can but if you're able to take in the twilight zone and the old days of the outer limits you would be okay with this but it also has a message that i think um, because a lot of times when i do my plays i like to have a panel and a brief you know five to ten minutes so you can know what the writer's thinking and director and the reason I think that's important, because I'll never forget when Spike Lee uh, uh, what you, uh, wrote Do the Right Thing and the critics say, oh, beautiful, right? Spike, you're right. There's a lot of problems in the world, but where's your solution? I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so I said, well, they won't be able to tell me that because at the conclusion of my play, like The Wizard plays a little different, it's like a Walt Disney film, but the Lynch... You know, I even wrote a, I even wrote a play for the Board of Education called Life Lanes that dealt with teen drugs and gang violence. I had to pull that back out. I even wrote the music to that one. But I think it's very important for them to know what the playwright and director is thinking, because my plays I'm a humanitarian, and I'm writing that even though they're scary and you know intense, but I ha there's a message there too. And when I mean message. I take I'm, my message is more universal, just like a fortune cookie. Anytime you finish eating that cookie and, and look at that piece of paper, there's something there for everybody. And, and I mean, when I say everybody, that's black, white, Jew, Islam, all, uh, you know, anybody that walks this earth that has that eternal spirit drilling within them is for them, which I means it's for everybody.
1: So will there be a question and answer session yes. after the play. Yeah, there'll
0: be a breath uh yeah i'll say five to ten minutes yeah i'm gonna have uh uh kenny miero santiago Thank oh, i think i think i got your name right kenny <laughs> um i have um him uh kind of MC it because he's the one that introduced me to lorraine so i thought it's you know it, he would be the best person to do it and then he even has because he has i mean this this guy is um plugged in with the fire chief the mayor the you know anybody's in Lorraine you know they they ringing his doorbell to have coffee and tea yeah so it's so anything that i may not cover you know we will be able to talk about cuz i really believe there is a heaven you know i really believe that, and and not just because of my physical eyes reading books but because of some of these spiritual uh, experiences I have. And I will talk about that on the stage, not right now. Y'all got to come in here, <laughs> get you a $20 ticket. <laughs> Actually, there's 15 if you hurry up get that. Yeah, yeah we got some cheap seats, too.
1: <laughs> Q&As Q are always great, yeah. especially at a play. I mean, a movie, too, but at a play, mm-hmm. you you're, you get to talk to the exactly. actors and actresses right there and they can tell how they got into the i really like getting in depth about um you know when i watch it when i watch a movie by
0: myself i'm like oh jeez i wish i had somebody else to talk to about it <laughs> exactly one thing i did forget to say that the reason i changed the name to east 79th street is that fanny lewis called me up councilwoman fanny lewis the huff area uh fred you know she got that grassy. uh What's this mess about you? your play called East 79th Street? I am East 79th Street. <laughs> and my father said, well, did you change the name for her? I said, yeah, Dad, did." Yeah. But I'm glad she did that because East 79th Street is a city in Cleveland, but Memorial is the world. <laughs> that is that is a great yeah. way to look at it.
1: Of course, you don't want to disappoint exactly. their anger, Fannie Lewis. When, exactly. somebody, yeah. when somebody says they are a street or yeah. an area. Yeah. She's they're...
0: tough. She'd be in the parking lot waiting for me, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I one thing, I know we've got a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. You mentioned what Hawthorne James is doing. Brianna Marie Bell plays Rose. Yes. Is from Stowe. She is on... Touring with Flashdance, Uh yeah, and Carol, and the Carol King musical.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's on Broadway and off Broadway. Yeah, very beautiful, uh, beautiful young lady inside and outside. And when I met her mom, I mean her mom, them, I mean they're like sisters. You know, beautiful ladies. You know, yeah, I'm real proud of her, Brianna. I'm looking forward to working with her. How
1: large? is the cast real quick. How did you get all the cast together? I mean, how does a director ask people?
0: You know, it's interesting because some of the cast, like I said, the Chisholm's family, uh, Faye. Oh, I can't say Faye's name. Fanula (laughs) Vasilia. You know, I've actually casted her in this like a year ago. John wealthy. Um, gee, I can't remember everybody. They're going to be mad at me, (laughs) but they played uh, for the Kent state, uh, um, I don't want to go in too much into it, but they play the four victims, you know, um, Faye and John, and right now my mind is drawing a blank. But a lot of the cast been with me with other plays. They were part of the Ultimus Venificus, which is Latin for last of the sorcerers. That's the one that I'm uh, actually doing in October. So a lot of these, and Greg Cosper, although he won't be with us, he'll be with us in Lynch and um, Ultimus. But yeah, so a lot of them are actors I had before. And then a lot of times I talk to people like Tina Hobbs, who has an organization, a cluster of people. And I've been doing this so long that I I just have a repertoire of people I can reach out to and already know what positions to put them in. And how many plays have you done? Oh, I think I do six regularly, but I probably have 10 to 12 written. Yeah, 10 to 12, yeah because I got a play called uh, Seventh Example. That uh, is interesting, because I I wanted um, Bill Cobbs to play that, and that was back in, like, the mid-'90s, and when I sent him the script, old Fred, uh, a play about a museum coming to life, won't make it in Hollywood, and then 10 years later, he come in the night at the museum, and he's in it. (laughs) (laughs) And and it grosses $200 Thanks, Bill, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, I should have went to somebody else. (laughs)
1: The play... May 29th, that's Friday night at 8 p.m. Uh, Saturday. Saturday night is May 29th at 8 p.m. Sunday afternoon, 4 p.m. Tickets, the early bird price. Yeah, $15. $15. $20 standard tickets and $25 ticket tables or loges. I'm looking on this. It says, is this fine print? DJs get front row seating is that what it says? On there? <laughs> really? It
0: was a fire that man. Who put that there? <laughs> and the play is
1: at whoops, the play is at the Lorraine Palace Theater, located yes. at 617 Broadway in Lorraine. And you can go to the website LorrainePalace.com slash memorial. I am looking forward to mm. it. And Thank you. I can't wait to hopefully I'll get the opportunity to meet exactly the cast
0: yeah because the friday before the show there's a restaurant next day there's we're gonna have a meet and greet and i'm gonna put it on facebook so people can hang out with uh, brianna and hawthorne uh uh, around nine o'clock to 12. yeah it's a fun yeah it's a restaurant that's next door to the facility i'm gonna wrap
1: up the the this broadcast and also my own broadcast by saying i'd like to thank everybody for listening both on cbw radio and watching on facebook live CBW Production Company.com. i will be back monday morning at 6 a.m for my show have yourselves a wonderful weekend mom i love you more than anything i will see you on sunday for mother's day please everybody wish their mom's happy mother's day this is cbw radio i'm jeff stritch be safe be happy be proud peace